1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: This hour is brought to you by the cleanup and restoration specialist at SurfPro. Call one 800 Servpro.
1: Diving deep into the Red Sox, it's a Red Sox review. Here's Brian Barrett on WEEI.
2: All right, welcome back in. We are taking you up until midnight. Huge week for the Red Sox. They started off well here as they beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 5-3. After this, they're going to play the Baltimore Orioles, which is a weird scenario because they play two in Baltimore, and then they play at home, or excuse me, in Williamsport, I should say, on Sunday night baseball. They're the Williamsport game, if you will, on Sunday night. So And then Toronto, and then the Rays, and then Minnesota. All teams right now. That are ahead of you in this wild card situation. So it's imperative that the Red Sox sweep this series against the Pirates. And I know it's difficult to say that, but it's a three game series. It's not a four game series. You already had your horrendous series against the Kansas City Royals. You've got to sweep the Pittsburgh Pirates. And this kid they're pitching tomorrow, Contreras, this guy gets absolutely rocked in terms of starters in Major League Baseball, in terms of pitchers in general. Of the guys that have thrown at least 50 innings this season, there's only one guy that has a worse hard hit rate than this kid Contreras. He gives up absolute rockets all over the place. And I know that Hill's on the mound tomorrow, obviously, which is a concern because he has absolutely sucked since coming off the injured list. But this is a game where the Red Sox bats should win it. 617 779 the number. Let's get to Jack. He is in Dudley. What's going on, Jack?
3: Uh, good, uh, good evening. I'm, not, I'm glad to meet you over the phone. I hope if you I hope if you' do well in your next endeavor.
2: thank you I have
3: a, I have a, a, a sort of a question. Now, nobody can win all 16two games, but is it possible that a team could go undefeated as far as series can win every series?:
2: Yeah, I guess technically they could.
3: Now, because the, I know that the Marlins did it in the playoffs. Back in 97 and '03. 3
2: Well, I mean, every team that wins the World Series would win every series in the postseason.
3: Because because that must be kind of of rare to to do that particular teams.
2: Not in the playoffs. I mean, you have to win every series to win the World Series. Right. I mean, right. I mean, now... All right, so the most... Okay, I'll tell you, the most wins ever... During the regular season, for a series wins, the 2001 Mariners have the most regular season wins ever with 116. They did that in one They actually lost in the first round of the playoffs. That Yankees team in 98, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they won 114, the Yankees team. I know that the Mariners is first all-time at like 116, and then second, I believe, is the New York Yankees in 98 when they won 114. Oh jeez,
3: a great one! Yankees are the. I mean, I expect them to win it. It's a. It's like here they won in eight decades. They've always had that power. They've always been a power team. You know, Mantle and Maris and all them. I remember when you know two years ago. I think it was no one year. One year ago, John Means pitched to the Red Sox uh, opening day.
2: Yeah, the guy they, from the Orioles.
3: Beat, yeah. And they lost three to. No- Red Sox lost three to nothing. I felt kind of bad about it, but then I look back sixty-one years before them, 1961, when the nineteen sixty-one, when a team of Richardson and Cool, Maris, and Mantle, and that slugging team lost six to nothing to Pedro Ramos in that first game at Yankee Stadium. So the best teams, you know, the best teams that have that. Um, you know they do, they go just so far and have a little bump. That's like the that's like what this past June and then of course they, and that are awful July. Yeah. And As human beings, they're going to get your hope up high. You're going to do, and then you find yourself, oh no, why aren't we going? Why aren't we hitting? What's the as we say power outage? And the Red Sox have had
2: this tough luck for years that I know of, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I hear you, Jack. Hey, I appreciate the call, my friend. (laughs) That was was interesting. (laughs) Good guy. I like Jack. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. Oh, I did want to get back to Matt Barnes. So if you look at where this bullpen's at right now, Schreiber is shot. That is a concern going forward. If you look at Schreiber... So Schreiber right now has really struggled against left-handed hitters. Actually, Alex Spear had the numbers on that. He tweeted out earlier today what he's been doing against left-handed hitters, and it has not been pretty. So he tweeted out, did Alex Spear, that essentially, what's the date that he put on this thing? He went all the way back to July 14th. So it's been going on for a while now. Since July 14th, Schreiber against lefties. They are 10 for 32, so that's 313, 343 on base, 625 slug. He has just an 11.4% strikeout rate. That is absolutely atrocious. And you saw it tonight, the one that he threw to Gamel. It really wasn't that bad of a pitch. Now, it hung a little bit too long for me, the slider, but this is an issue now. Because if you look at John Schreiber, Schreiber's a guy that this season, I mentioned this early off the top of the show when we were talking about Schreiber could get exhausted. I believe it was Ken that brought this up. If you look at Schreiber, 47 innings pitched this year after tonight, 47 and two-thirds. He was at 15.2 or 15 and two-thirds in 2020. That was the most innings he had ever thrown at the big league level. So he has far exceeded this this year, right, in terms of he's going to triple it pretty soon here in terms of how many innings he's pitched. But the problem is that the bullpen is short, right? So you have Garrett Whitlock, but we all know that if Garrett Whitlock, ordinarily, if he pitches two innings, he's got to have two days in between. Now, that, that was not the case last night. They brought Whitlock in after he had only had one day rest after pitching two innings a couple of nights prior. But the thing there is, in those two innings, he only faced seven batters. So he didn't throw a lot of pitches. That's part of the calculus there. If he doesn't pitch, if he doesn't throw a lot of pitches, might as well ride him again. And he was really good again last night. He's electric. I mean, he's been really good as of late. But right now... Garrett Whitlock, from my perspective, is the one definitive reliever you can depend on. Because Schreiber's leaking oil a little bit right now. That's why the Barnes thing tonight is so big going forward. Because now it's three in a row. And I get it's the Pittsburgh Pirates, but you put him in a high leverage situation. And his stuff was really good tonight. And if you look at Barnes, the last 12 batters he's faced, and this goes back to the Yankees series, of course, he struck out six of them. And to something that Jonathan said earlier... He is right. When Barnes is just throwing his fastball and his curveball, that tells you that he's confident in his stuff, and you could see it tonight. I mean, Barnes with the curveball, he got two swings in it. Both of those were whiffs. With the fastball, he gets three swings, one whiff, but he also gets two called strikes. So out of the five he throws, 60% were either a called strike or a whiff. I mean, that's an absolutely insane number when you look at it from that perspective. And I get it. It's just One game, but now we've seen this three times in a row from Barnes. He's put three consecutive good outings together, and they're going to need him. Who else is going to be good in the bullpen? You know Whitlock. Who else? We don't even know if Tanner Houck's coming back. The reality is this Red Sox team needs a good Matt Barnes, and he's at least provided that recently. Let's get to Dennis. He's in a car. What's up, Dennis? Hey,
4: what's going on, Brian? What's up? So that last caller was asking about uh, if you can win every series or whatever. So I looked up the Mariners' record, and they got swept by Oakland at the end of the year. The 2018 Red Sox were actually never swept, unless you count the two games and the players' weekend. But it was only two-game series, but that was pretty cool.
2: So that Red Sox team, in 18, they never lost three in a row, correct?
4: Correct. They were never swept.
2: Yeah, okay. So the Mariners, you're saying the only how many series did they lose? Uh a series I'm
4: not sure, but the uh get they got swept by Oakland on September twenty
2: first through the twenty-third. Okay. Yeah, that was an interesting was forward, game because remember game. Dennis, they they didn't win a series in the postseason. They set the record and then they lost.
4: That's a brutal set.
2: Yeah, wasn't it? That was uh Ichiro's rookie year, if I'm not mistaken. Do they ever bounce back from that? No, they really didn't. They, they haven't. Three, no, right? Dennis, Dennis, they haven't been to the playoffs since. Oh my goodness! They're going to break the drought this year, in all likelihood. It's been that long. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Tough to be in <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> think about that. They haven't been to the playoffs since two thousand and one.
4: Yeah, it's insane.
2: They, how many, Wait, England the Patriots. The Patriots have won all their Super Bowls since then. I was
5: in kindergarten that year. I
2: know. That's wild. I'm
5: 26, though.
2: Yeah. And look, if the Red Sox don't make it into the playoffs, Dennis, I'm going to root for the Mariners just for that reason. Absolutely. (laughs) You got to feel bad for the fans. Hey, good stuff, Dennis. I appreciate it, man. Hey. Thanks, Brian. Take it easy. All right. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617 779 7937. Think about that. 2001 is the last time the Seattle Mariners. We're in the playoffs, Justin. Were you even born? Nope, I wasn't even born yet. <laughs>
0: what year were you born? December 31st of 2001. So that was right before my time.
2: Yeah. So you don't. You've never been alive when the Mariners have been in the playoffs. What are you going to do when the Mariners get in this year? Is it going to be a party? Uh, it must be right. Yeah, I think you should have a party, man. Seattle, you got to cheer for the Mariners too. We all will. If the Red Sox don't make it in the p- playoffs, we become Mariners fans. Nothing really to dislike about that team, by the way. How could you dislike them? Julio Rodriguez, and now they got Luis Castillo, who's filthy. All right, so a lot more to get into. I do want to get into Nick Pavetta's start, one of the things that jumped out to me about him. Oh, and I will get into the big concern. Is Xander Bogarts, or I should say, are Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez actually going to show up down the stretch? We do need to address that. We'll do it in just a little bit here on EEI.
5: Gresh and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2.
2: Now, here's
1: what's trending on WEEI.
2: All right, Trending Now is brought to you by Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at NissanUSA.com today. Oh, this one in from the 401. The Red Sox are tied for nine at 108 all time. Oh, he's talking about the 2018 Red Sox that set the franchise record. That's the ninth best record of all time. I know the Mariners, and I think, I want to say, it like, the Cubs, one of the old-school Cubs teams is at 116. This is going to bother me now. So I'll, I'll figure this out. But I'm pretty sure that, yeah, there was a 1906. Okay, that's what it was, 1906 Cubs. So before the big curse that they had, they won 116 games. The Mariners won 116. The Yankees in 98. That was 104. That's when the Yankees were a wagon Cleveland and 54 won a buck eleven. The 27 Yankees, Mantle, etc., they won 110. The Pirates 110 in 1909. The Philadelphia A's won 107. Man. Uh, the Red Sox won 108 back in 2018. Anyway, sorry, I just got completely distracted. Whenever we start to talk about the history of stuff, I just get completely distracted by it. All right, well, the Red Sox beat the Pirates tonight. This is recent history, 5-3. to three. Nick Pavetta, seven innings. He gives up one hit. He strikes out six. He was tremendous in this game. Matt Barnes get the save. He goes one inning. Of course, he has the two strikeouts. He was really good in this game. Tommy Pham at the top of the line of a pair of hits. He goes two for four. He continues to be a really good addition that the Red Sox made. The Red Sox scored four of their five runs in the first inning of this game. Keller had absolutely nothing for Pittsburgh. That guy was atrocious. The Sox and the Pirates play the second of the three-game set Wednesday night in Pittsburgh. It's a 7.05 for his pitch across the Shaw's and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Network, Shaw's and Star Market perfecting the art of fresh. Tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 6.05. That's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. Rich Hill will get the start in that one. Unfortunately, today, the Patriots placed Malcolm Butler on season-ending IR. Mike Reese reporting it's a hip injury. That's unfortunate. Cornerback Juwan Williams was also placed on season-ending IR. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. He may have been cut anyway. What a waste of a draft, huh? Juwan Williams in the second round. Nikhil Harry in the first round. Chase Winovich was the third-round pick, and now he's playing for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, jeez. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
1: Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI.
3: Nice is it to be able to build
0: on the recent starts of your group and especially like an out you know, for you and Michael to have back to back seven Yeah, teams. I think it's really important. I mean it started with those guys in the Yankee series, they they all pitched tremendous, they all did their job, and I think we kinda just feed off each other and compete against each other. I think I harped on this earlier and on, but I think the most important thing is is putting up zeros for your fellow starting pitchers. So that you can kind of build off that and continue to move forward and then each guy kind of gets more confident as we go on.
2: All right, that was Nick Pavetta after his outing tonight. Pavetta was outstanding after he'd been horrible for a while. And they needed a good start out of Pavetta. And they certainly got it tonight. And like I said, that was a soft landing. You go against a team in the Pittsburgh Pirates, one of the worst offenses, quite frankly, one of the worst teams in the sport. If you want to weigh in on Pavetta's outing, Matt Barnes, what do you make of this team going forward? It's all on the table. It's 617-779-7937. So if you look at Pavetta entering tonight's game, it was... Really getting troubling when you look at the results that he was getting because this is not like something that has happened recently. It had been going on for seven consecutive starts. Since the start of July, he had the worst ERA of any pitcher that threw 30 innings, a 797 ERA. He had the worst whip of any pitcher that had thrown at least 30 innings, 189. He had the worst opponent's batting average of any starting pitcher that had thrown at least 30 innings, 340. So he was getting roughed up. He was giving up a lot of loud contact. And tonight, it was a totally different scenario. He did a really good job locating his pitches. The called strike w- rate was north of 23%. The best guy in the sport is Adam Wainwright at about 21.4%. So that just tells you how he's able to locate his pitches. Now, he did lose his command at times where he walked three guys. And early on in that game, Pavetta walking a guy in the first inning, of the third batter of the game when you're already up 4 nothing, and you throw him a curveball, that's just a bad decision. Throw a strike there, throw a fastball. You don't need to be cute when you're up 4 nothing early on in the game, but all in all, you got to feel at least encouraged about what Pavetta was able to do tonight, because this had been a real question mark going forward. What were you going to get from Nick Pavetta the remainder of the season? Because what it feels like to me, what happened with Pavetta is this. Because the bullpen has been so horrible for the majority of the season outside a few select guys, if you will, because of that, Alex Corr earlier this season was riding his starting pitchers. Remember, Waka was really good. He threw a complete game. Avaldi threw a complete game. Nick Pavetta threw a complete game. And part of the calculus there is you want to save that bullpen because there's only so many bullets you have there. And especially considering, remember the mistake they made earlier this year. I shouldn't say mistake. The mistake was that they kept Garrett Whitlock in the rotation as long as they did because I understand the idea of originally putting Whitlock there because, remember, it wasn't just the Tanner Houck could not go to Toronto due to do the vaccine mandate there. It was also because unfortunately Rich Hill's father passed away. So they needed somebody to make a start, give you three to four innings, and that's exactly what Whitlock did. The problem was they kept Whitlock in the bulb or in the rotation rather for way too long. And his numbers the second time through the order were atrocious. He had an opponent's OPS north of eight hundred. So Whitlock was not thriving as a starter. In fact, he was a below-average starter. So instead of having one of your best relievers that was a weapon late in games, you had a guy that turned out to be a below-average starter. At one point during his tenure there in the rotation, he was the worst starter from a numerical perspective. He was just absolutely horrible, right? So just getting back to the Bevetta thing, because you didn't have a lot of trust in the guys in the bullpen, think about it. Who could Core really trust? After Whitlock was taken out of the bullpen, who could Cora trust? Because remember, Brazier was bad early, then he went on a run. Sal Amora was bad really up until a month ago. You think about Jake Walkman, Jake Diekman, he was horrible, right? So when you add all these things together, there really wasn't a lot of dependable arms out there. So Cora was going to ride his starters more so than go to his bullpen guys because he felt like that was his best avenue to win games. But what happened was Pavetta, was worn down. He had already made one extra start prior to the All-Star break this year. He had thrown significantly more innings, and the velocity was down. Remember, that start against the Yankees on that Saturday night where he just got absolutely teed up, the velocity was way down. So what I felt like happened to Pavetta is the guy was just completely worn down. That's why I like the fact that Cora doesn't send him back out there for the eighth inning. He was at 99 pitches. You don't want to push him. Now, Davis has got to be better. And I, I don't even want to say that anymore about Davis needs to be better. Davis just blows. He's not good. So I don't want to see Davis in any sort of big situation right now, but it does sort of highlight the issues that Core has. He wants to take Pavetta out early, get him out good, He get or get him out in the point where he only had given up to one hit. Seven innings, 99 pitches, six strikeouts. You want to feel good, build up some po- positive momentum for Pavetta. That's what you want to do. And then you, you get set up. Davis with a pair of lefties coming up in that inning, and he can only get one out. I mean, that's flat-out embarrassing, and that sort of highlights one of the bigger issues with this team right now is they really legitimately, until Strom comes back, they don't have a left-handed reliever because you cannot count Davis as that guy anymore. He, for the foreseeable future, is a non-entity. Davis blows. He's not good. I gave you the numbers earlier in terms of what Davis has done this season out of the bullpen. He's been okay as an opener. Actually, he's been good as an opener. That's like his best role. But here are the numbers in terms of as a reliever. 161 whip. That's 162nd out of 166 relievers. Okay? So only four guys in the entire sport are worse than Austin Davis from a whip perspective. His walk rate, as he walked another guy tonight on four pitches, 11.2%. That's 141st out of 166 qualified relievers. So the reality is right now, until you find a way to get Matt Strom healthy, and he pitched in Worcester tonight, and he had a strikeout in one inning, until you get that guy back, the reality is you don't really have a matchup lefty. And they tried to give it a situation, or they tried to go to it tonight with Davis, where it was going to be a soft landing. We had all those lefties, the Pirates lefties, and he still couldn't do it. So until Strom's back, and hopefully it's by the end of the week here, until then you don't have a matchup lefty. I would just go to Sal Amora. Cora's been talking about it lately. That's the guy that they will go to against lefty. Sal has thrown the ball well lately. The velocity is up for Sal Moore. So you look at the bullpen right now. Whitlock definitively your best reliever. I'm a little bit worried about Schreiber because he looks fatigued, and he has not been the same guy lately. And then you think about I now would say that Barnes is going to be pretty damn high on the pecking order with three consecutive good outings where he struck out six of the last 12 batters he's faced, and he's actually confident on the mound, and he's throwing strikes, something that he wasn't doing earlier this season. And then I would throw Sal Moore into the conversation. As much as I don't trust Sal Moore long-term, just like I don't trust Barnes long-term, but if you're doing the power rankings, of the relievers right now, those are the four guys you trust the most. That's it, and those are the only four guys you trust out there. 617-779-7937, the number. Oh, and by the way, it's going to be interesting tomorrow. I, I don't understand the whole Hill starting and Winkowski out of the bullpen. Hill has been horrible his last two outings. And I'm not saying he can't pitch well tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Pirates, but I don't understand the idea of Winkowski piggybacking. I would just start Winkowski tomorrow. Let's get to Art. He's in Connecticut. What's up, Art? Hey, Brian. Um I want to try to
4: come as hard as I can. Uh, I got two main questions. The, the, the first, I think both of us are on the same page with Alex. Um, no matter what happens, I mean, you hear all this whispering, you know, that, 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 he's, that he's losing the team. Do you think Alex Cora... Do you think Alex Cora is basically good with this team for as long as he wants? I mean, what do you, what do you yeah, think it, all right, if they,
2: if I don't think Cora has any issue with any of the players or anything along those lines in terms of I think that Clubhouse is actually in a good spot now that the trading deadline is over. I felt like Cora was put really in a weird spot with these guys. And the fact that nobody from the front office traveled with the team during the trading deadline, that was a flat-out embarrassment from a front office perspective. It felt like you left the team out to dry when it comes to just the PR perspective. The whole Vasquez thing was a debacle. But no, I don't think that Cora's in any sort of trouble of losing his job whatsoever. Because here's the reality, Art. If you moved on from Cora, you realize that a team, like let's say hypothetically a team goes into the postseason, and they underachieve, right, a team that is one of the favorites or a team that gets to the postseason for the first time in a while, one of those teams will fire their manager for Cora. That's how good he is in the postseason. So I I can't see any way that the Red Sox move on from Cora unless he chooses that he wants out.
4: Yeah, Yeah, me too. I mean, like I said, uh, once the Red Sox release Alex Cora, there'll be a line around Fenway Park
2: lining up. Well, and, and Art, you know Cora, you know who will they're... do it? If Alex Cora is let go by the... And it's not going to happen, Art. He's not going to get fired or anything along those lines. You know who would be the first team that would be calling Alex Cora? Yeah. The, the Yankees. They'll fire Boone for Cora in a second. Because <laughs> Boone sucks. Oh, jeez. Yeah, And they'll all just throw up
4: right there. Oh, and, yeah. And, and last, but not, last but not least, I'll just talk about... Well, of the Bogarts, uh, Martinez... These guys, and then explain this to me, Bri, and I'll, I'll hang up after this, but these guys are playing for contracts. Why? I mean, what, I, mean I, I like to believe that J.D. wants to play next year, maybe get a three-year deal somewhere, either staying here or somewhere else. Bogart, to me, he's got three more, whatever you want to put it on. I mean, I don't think these guys are actually out here, you know, trying to tank the season or they're just really the baseball's passed them by. I mean, what what, what do you think is – I mean, what, what, do you put your, what do you think is the real reason, which is J.D. and Bogarts, why they're just playing so so bad, and I'll hang out with you.
2: Thank yeah, you. it's a fair point. I appreciate the call, Art. It's a really fair point, and his line's open if you'd like to grab it. It's 617-779-7937. Okay, to the Bogarts' point first, this has now been going on for three consecutive years with Bogarts, where all his power numbers go down. Basically, it's been going on since 2019, so a four-year period that this has been going on with Xander Bogarts, where he's just... He's not the same hitter from a power perspective that he was going back to nineteen. Nineteen was his really his best year from a power perspective when he hit the thirty-three home runs. Of course, that's the year that he signed the extension at the beginning of the season. But if you look at Bogart's over the past four seasons, slugging percentage starting in nineteen, five fifty-five, twenty, that was five oh two, twenty-one, four ninety-three, twenty-twenty-two, four forty-four. The isolated power, which essentially just Subtracts your slugging percentage from your batting average to give you an idea of how often you're hitting for power. Isolated power, 19246, 2020 202, 2021, 198, 141. Home runs 1933, 2011 in 203 at bats. Remember that's the COVID season. 23 in 2021 last season. He has nine this year and 412 at bats compared to 11 in 2020 and 203 at bats. So with Bogarts, it feels like he's always dealing with something, whether it's a wrist issue, whatever it is. He's always dealing with some sort of injury, and the power numbers have suffered. With JD Martinez, I just feel like the player is cooked. Now, we saw signs of life recently, but I just look at JD Martinez as somebody that is older. He's dealt with a lot of back issues. Remember, recently, he had spasms. So I'm wondering if this is all part of the equation with J.D. Martinez. He's just not the same guy anymore. And if you look at it since the start of August, this is the real troubling thing. In August, 177 qualified hitters. Okay, so keep that number in mind, 177. Here's where J.D. and Bogarts rank. Average Bogarts is at 128 at 208. J.D. is at 135 at 205. On base percentage, again, out of 177, J.D.'s at 153, 250. Bogarts is at 166 at 220. He has a 220 on base percentage this month. Slugging percentage, Bogarts, 333. That's 128. J.D., 250, 164. How about OPS? J.D.'s at 500. That's 165th out of 177 hitters in August. Bogarts is 143rd at 553. The strikeout rate, by the way, J.D. Martinez is striking out 37.5% of the time in August. That's 172nd out of 177 qualified hitters. And J.D.'s war this month, minus 0.4. That is 171st out of 177 players. He's not elevating the ball either. Ground ball rate is at 51.9%, so nearly 52%. That's the 30th highest rate in Major League Baseball. Not elevating the ball, not hitting for any power. It tells me that the back issue is something that he's just not coming back from. That's a real, no pun intended, that's a real problem for him. Let's get to Paul in Westfield. What's up, Paul? Well, finally,
6: I'm up because, Professor Vera, you came back. I thought you said piss off peons. I'm producing my podcast. I thought you said Wednesday was going to be your last show.
2: No, uh, this Thursday is my last show, Paul.
6: Oh, that sucks. Hey, how can I get in touch with you since I'm blocked from Twitter when you're podcasting? How can I listen to... Well, I just go online and ask, where's Professor Bear Podcasting? Yeah,
2: well, you can listen on Spotify, and you can listen on any podcast forum that you have. Any any of the apps that you have on your phone or whatever it is on your computer. Any podcast forum, I'll be on there.
6: Awesome, I'll find you. Um, since you're leaving, I, I got Wait, you're off Twitter, Paul? You got kicked have... off Twitter again? No, I didn't get kicked off. I have the demonic circle that blocks me from Facebook, blocks me from uh, Twitter, I'm the sports poll, Paul Christ. It's called a, a a whole account or a burner account. It's a serious problem, Brian. I have serious um, issues with my electronics. They're just devils. They're mad at me because I kicked their asses and, and stopped their diabolical plan. Oh, but wait, so brag. it's not I like
2: you're not banned from the social media sites, just something's going on with no. your electronics.
6: Yes, sir. These idiots called the Jim Metahumans wanted to sacrifice City Westfield as a political altar to revamp their war. I caught them and wiped them out. So they're bitter that I won. That's, Wait, that's Paul, right. I have
2: no idea what you're talking about. What are you saying?
6: I was in Siwa Resort, Zouk Muspa, five minutes from downtown Beirut after 9-11. I went over there. I heard these devils swearing uh, in Arabic, and they said, Wastefield Mass Air Compressor Engineering. We own Exxon Tiger Mar and Agway Fertilizer. They were going to smoke us at the town common opening. I caught them and blew up their plan, and they had Sal in Pennsylvania that was going to do something similar, got arrested by the FBI. So I have stocking issues on my electronic. I beat these gym Devils, and they hate me. That's a true story, bud. Uh, hey, um, you don't have... Well, I believe you, because I don't know who can make that up. No, sir. It's Paul Right, the second coming. I stopped World War Three. Brian, we can't call in and talk to you on your podcast, right?
2: Uh, there may be a way to do that, Paul. Stay tuned. You should, bud. Trust me, you're wicked smart. But what
6: makes a good talk show is smart callers. It livens it up. Hey, uh, a couple quick questions um who the hell did we have to pay someone to take Deacon? In? Someone took Deacon with the highest
2: walk rate in baseball. What happened there? Uh, yeah. They traded Reese McGuire for him. <laughs> Boy, did they get the short end of that stick?
6: <laughs> hey, uh, but, um, w- when I listened to you, I mentioned, I may not have a damn clue, but you make sense. Death clarity. You would be a good damn GM. You have the, everyone knows you're like Spock. You have all the facts and, and it's obvious. Everyone jokes about it. you. are Definitely the smart, smartest one. Um, when you had Shriver, um not being the same, where's the computer that should track and graph his movement of when he was pitching well to how he's not himself anymore? There's just got to be a way of determining what's wrong with his uh, his. Um, yeah, it's, his ba- it's,
2: it's basically midway through July, Paul, and the problem is that he's fatigued. He's never pitched this much in his major league career. The most innings he ever pitched before this year was 15 and two-thirds. He's pitched 47 and That's two-thirds true. this year. So it's great that they found this guy. He's an under-the-radar type guy, and I give Bloom credit for identifying him because he had basically been a cast-off by a bunch of different organizations. So credit to Bloom. but the problem is the guy may just be spent. He's fatigued right now.
6: Yeah, 15 to 45 is quadrupling. So lightning round, before you leave, I've got to give you some quick pointers. If you're looking at a used car, if you want to know if it has leaks, look to see where it's parked. If you shine a light at night, it'll look like leaks. And, Brian, when you go somewhere, if you have a suspicion that something's going on, go to Walmart or Target and get 50-mile FRS radios. They're little cock walkie-talkies. You can hide one anywhere, leave the squelch on. You can have remote ears within 50 miles. If When you go off on your new adventure, if you get suspicious something's going on, there's a lot of ways you can get information without anyone knowing it. And I'll call you tomorrow because I'm going to miss you, and I'll be following you on the podcast. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. How many hours do you have to talk for on your podcast?
2: Hey, they're like an hour an episode,
6: Paul. Oh, oh, that's awesome. You could easily do an hour. And how many episodes a
2: week? Three to four. Awesome. Are they pre-recorded? Yeah, a couple of them be be live, but most of them will be pre-recorded, yeah.
6: Awesome. God bless you, Junior. You're the damn smartest one I've met in 18 years. Remember, I started with Salk and Holly and Mutt and Lou back when it sounded like a home improvement station.
2: <laughs> God bless you, Paul. Hey, have a good night, my friend, all right? Yeah, I look forward to
6: hearing you in the future, bud. Take care.
2: All right, that's Paul. 617-779-7937, the number. I mean, what just happened? That's Paul. What do? You, what's his
0: nickname? Paul the Sports...
2: I forget. Sports Pope. That was, that was the least of my concern, was the nickname. Yeah, I didn't follow the whole story, but I'm glad he told it. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight here on EEI. We're back to Red Sox Review on WEEI.
6: looking at a used car, if it has leaks, look to see where it's parked. If you shine a light at night, it'll look like leaks. And Brian, when you go somewhere, if you have a suspicion that something's going on, go to Walmart or Target and get 50-mile FRS radios. They're little cock walkie-talkies. You can hide one anywhere, leave the squelch on. You can have remote ears within 50 miles. If When you go off on your new adventure, if you get suspicious something's going on, there's a lot of ways you can get information without anyone knowing it.
0: I have no
2: idea what happened, Justin.
0: That had to be the most bizarre thing I've probably ever heard or witnessed. What was the used car part? If you see something
6: leaking, if you're looking at a used car, if you want to know if it has leaks, look to see where it's parked. If you shine a light at night, it'll look like leaks.
0: I have no idea what he's talking about. And he also almost
6: stopped World
1: Th- World War Three. I mean, what was that?
6: <laughs> no, I didn't get kicked off. I have the demonic circle that blocks me from Facebook, blocks me from uh, Twitter. I'm the sports pole, Paul Christ. It's called a, a, a whole account or a burner account. It's a serious problem, Bri. I have serious um, issues with my electronics. They're just devils. They're mad at me because I kicked their asses and and stop their diabolical plan. Yes, sir. These idiots called the Jim Metahumans wanted to sacrifice City Westfield as a political altar to revamp their war. I caught them and wiped them out. So they're bitter that I won. That's,
2: Wait, that's Paul, great. I have no idea what you're talking about. What are you saying? <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, man. I appreciate the advice at the end, but I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. Oh, man, that was something. Love, Paul. Good guy. <laughs> I no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> Let's get to Jay. And uh, by the way, before we get to Jay, we got this in from the four one three. I'm listening to Paul. I live in Westfield as well. This guy scares me. Let's get to Jays in Warwick. What's up, Jay? it's no, up?
5: What's oh up, man? Oh my god! You guys should give that. You guys should give that guy his own show. I swear <laughs> to God. I know. That's, pure, that's that's pure entertainment right there. <laughs> And you guys just always allow me a few extra minutes, and if that's the case, but um, here's what I want to ask you: We're getting healthier. We're coming back now. If we can get, we got to put KK back out in center field. We have to. We put Tre, if we get Trevor Story, then you get you get a Devers, you get a Devers, Bogot Story, uh. Cosma infield. That's a solid infield. Yeah. And you get a key K and you got a very, very nice Tommy Pham right now. Yep. And then you you put you put go in right field on certain days, you know, you, you mix and match. We don't have to have any more uh Duran. Uh Duran debacleries I can't take,
2: I can't look at it anymore. I can't. I agree with you. That's kind of a It's kind of, you know, and it is. Jay, uh, it's a good, I would agree with you. It's a good looking team once you get sort of healthy and get everybody back. The only issue is can you hop all these teams in front of you? They're really going to have to go on a big run here, like win eight of nine, win nine nine of ten. Yep. They got to do something like that. That's the thing. But I'm with you. It looks good. You're going to need
5: need June. You're going to need June. You're going to need to play like June. Yeah. I'd agree with that. They were awesome in June. Yep. Good stuff, Jay. But appreciate the call, you, my friend. This, well, this team—one more thing. One more thing, just because you entertain that guy. Um, one more thing. If they, they can catch lightning in a bottle, this team
2: could be— Could be what? Uh, All right. I think we lost Jay. He was going to say good. Yeah, when they get healthy, when they get everybody back, it does look like a good team. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. The only issue is the hole that you created and all the teams you have to jump over. All right, thanks to Justin for producing tonight. Thanks to Paul. <laughs> that was something else, man. I, I will never forget that call. All right, have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. WEI.
1: WEI. New England Sports Original.